Welcome to Horror Struck. We really haven't recorded in a while because we got so far ahead. It's only been like a week. It feels like it's been longer than a week. Actually, you're right. It might be too because I know at one point I almost messaged you in the middle of the week and was like, hey, want to record something just for fun? Because <laughs> I kind of missed it because it'd been so long. It's nice to have like a almost like a ritual. Yeah, I got a lot of them. It was nice to take a break for a minute though and not have to worry about watching a bunch of stuff and being caught up. And I got to go to the movie theater. Oh, yes. I love the movie, Theta. This was the most packed it had been. I'm trying to think of how to transition into this. You want to talk about old, the movie, right now? What did you think about it? I thought it was bad. (laughs) This is going to be another new movie review. We're going to do a quick spoiler-free segment. It's probably going to be pretty short because I feel like there's not a very good way to speak about this movie without spoiling things. And then we'll jump into the spoiler-full section. So, without spoilers. So you didn't like this movie? (laughs) Um, I had a great time. Should we give a quick explainer? Of the plot? So we saw the new M. Night Shyamalan film, Old, which centers around a family who goes to a beach and then shenanigans happen. I guess that's the best way to generally describe it without spoiling it. So you think M. Night Shyamalan still got the magic? I think this movie... I'm not going to dignify it by calling it a film. This movie, this idea, this concept wasn't bad, but the execution was awful. I was able to read through the graphic novel. Oh, you did? How is the graphic novel? Honestly, (sighs) is it pretty short? It's 116 pages. So yes. Okay. It's not the worst thing I've ever read. There were a lot of great ideas in the graphic novel itself. But I think it struggles the same way with pacing that the movie does because it really is just, here's an introduction to people, here's a million things happening at once, and here's a very quick ending. And I think there were a lot of things they could have explored a lot more, like just picked a couple of those things and focused in on them rather than just having rapid fire like, now this is happening, now this is happening, now they're dead, now there's a baby, bam, bam, bam. It was insane. That's definitely one of the problems you get with because this movie runs at I think it an hour 40 with credits it seems short it is a relatively short film and I think the problem with a short film is that you really have to be concise about your characters about your themes about what you're attempting for it to really work and if you're not then it yeah the pace is rushed there was a lot happening I couldn't follow a lot of the things they did this thing where they I'm gonna be very general right here because this is the spoiler free part where they tried to really explain what was happening once they kind of started to realize what was happening that they didn't need to do I think they could have left it completely unexplained and it would have been better. I think, speaking of this, so they do do the theory part about what's happening in on the beach in the graphic novel a bit better, where one of the 
characters, he writes science fiction novels. So he's like, well, if this was a novel I was writing, here's what, like, the probable scenarios would be as to why this is happening. And they never really land on one and, like, spoon feed it to you and say, yeah, this is what's going on, like they do in the film. I think that's a huge problem with the film, is that the entire structure of dialogue, it's just exposition. And it's very, very clunky exposition. Oh, we'll get into it in the spoiler section. I, I've i got a, a, some funny ones I remember in particular. I've only got one that I remember, <laughs> and I think it's the best one. There's a couple ways I would describe this film and I do agree with you on a lot of the things you're saying I think we're pretty much gonna we're pretty much on the same footing with this movie I think the premise is interesting and I think it could have been handled much better in a Black Mirror episode mm-hmm. but leaving that aside the way I have been describing this movie to people and I'm pretty sure my sister Michelle gave me this because I was trying to figure out a way to describe it <laughs> This movie is to 2021 what Cats was to 2019. Wow. How did this movie get made? (laughs) I don't think any of the elements of this movie work. The cinematography isn't bad, but the way they decide to frame the shots Mm -hmm. makes no sense. It's almost as if they're like, the camera is telling you this part of the story, but the camera has nothing to say. There's a lot of blank space in this movie for no reason. (laughs) The only thing I can think of that they were attempting to do was to create some sort of distance between from you and the people on the beach, but at the same time, there's also extreme close-ups, so I have no idea what the camera language is trying to tell me. Yeah, that's what I thought of immediately when you said that, was I think it would have been a lot better and I would have felt a lot more isolated if I hadn't gotten all of those extreme close-ups. Like, make me a character in this movie. Have I? You want me to feel some sort of, like, existential dread. That is the point of the plot, I think, because we're dealing with, like, time and aging, and that's inescapable, and what do you do? But they never give me a moment to react to any of it either. So between the framing of it and the pacing of it, It's just, it's too much. I was, like, overstimulated during this movie. I would say the two elements of this movie that work are, I think the costumes, the costume designer did a good job. Caroline Duncan, she was the costume designer. She was one of the few people that made a lot of things that wouldn't have been unrealistic work with her costumes. And I think... So the costumes, I think, were were good. And I think the production design itself, whoever scouted the location, there's a hotel in it that I think is really pretty. But other than those two elements, nothing meshed together. Like, they forgot to have a team meeting. I don't even know. I mean, I'll agree, but I'm not, like, blown away by either of them. No, no. I I do think the, the place they found for the beach is really pretty. I want to talk about the acting. I don't blame any of these actors because... What they were given was insane, but there's nothing I can really talk about specifically about the actors without spoilers, I think, so... Yeah, just vague enough, I thought no one gave a good performance to no fault of their own. Because I've seen them all in other things, and they're all great. Eliza Scanlon especially, I was expecting a really great performance. I think she was the worst one. It felt like... And that Shyamalan just got a bunch of his friends to be in this movie, and that's why they couldn't say no. This is his Adam Sandler moment. Let's take all of my friends to the beach and make a really shitty movie. It almost just makes me think that 
M. Night Shyamalan just really bad at adaptation? Because, I mean, I feel like his two worst movies are probably going to be considered this one and Avatar, and they're both adaptations, although The Happening is not very good either. Oh. Yeah, but isn't The Happening, like, a B-movie on purpose, and it kind of just went over everyone's head? Or is it actually bad? So you know how... Okay, M. Night Shyamalan says it's his, like, ode to to be movies but you know how when the room came out and then tommy was was like oh um, it's, a, it's a dark comedy i feel like that might be in the same vein they're just saving face yeah okay and it's really unfortunate not to get off topic but i think the happening would have actually made a really really good funny b movie but it was taken way too serious have you ever seen it i have seen enough clips that i know what happens in the happening but no i have not seen it i do feel like this is going to end up in the same vein as the happening where people are gonna watch this movie and make a drinking game out of it that is what i was doing in the theater specifically the character mid-size sedan is his name every time they showed him on screen and all he said was oh damn it's like yeah take a shot every time mid-size sedan says oh damn i think the only thing I can give this movie credit for is that it's so baffling that at least it's not boring like Lady in the Water. I wasn't bored during this movie at any point. I was just baffled, yeah. I think those are going to be all of my spoiler-free thoughts. Alright, yay or nay. So if anybody wants to wait and watch it, we'll just go ahead and give you um, a yay or nay whether we think you should go out to the theater and see it. Uh, What is yours, Riley? Honestly, if you can get, like, an early bird special or something, I would say go see it in the theater with a group of friends because it is hilarious. I was so upset that I had gone alone because I think it would have been really fun had I, like, seen it with you and Michael or something. I'm gonna also say with a caveat, and that's gonna be if you were seeing it with a group of people who also can watch a movie and laugh at it. Yeah, do not expect a masterpiece, but I think it's still worth watching. You went and saw this. Did you see this by yourself? I did. I saw it yesterday morning. There were like three other people in the entire theater. And no one laughed. No one laughed? No. I had to like hold it all in because behind me it was like a mother and a daughter, I think. And then there were a couple like teens over behind me as well. And I was like, okay, we've been in this movie for like half an hour. I think we all know that it's not going to be very good. So at one point I did let out a laugh and no one else did. I was like, oh God. I'm the asshole now. Yeah, I saw this um, at 7 p.m. with my boyfriend, Michael, and then our friends, Jake and Brittany. And our theater was, wasn't was like sold out, but it was fairly full. I think at first, our group of four were the only ones who started laughing, but we turned that audience. It reminds me a lot of when we went to go see Your Next, except Your Next is actually like a on-purpose good funny movie. But where we were the only ones laughing at first, and then everyone realized, oh, I can laugh at this too. I'm going to transition into the spoiler part of this review. The real moment that we were able to get the whole theater on our side was when, I think her name was Kara, who was the youngest of the kids. Um, She and Trent... They were both old enough to have sex and have a baby. So when they all finally realize that they have been missing, they turn around and they come out from like walking across the beach and she is 
so pregnant and she goes look i'm fat and the whole theater erupted in laughter that entire scene every part of it is so fucking bizarre because they're uncomfortable six-year-olds who have gone through puberty in their body but mentally they're still little kids and then they come out of this tent where it's implied that they have had sex and this girl is just shoveling pasta salad. Well, they definitely had sex. Well, I know that, yeah, they obviously had sex, but thankfully they don't show this scene, so it's just implied, like, yeah. Yeah, you don't find out until you really see her Yeah, and she way. wanders out, and the parents are like, uh, you're pregnant. She's like, I just got a little fat. <laughs> like, no, dude. You're about to fucking burst. And this part is directly from the graphic novel. At least they were mentally close at the same age. At least it wasn't, like, one of the adults. So, I mean, I guess it has that going for it. Um. What's the point, though? This does not progress the plot at all. They could have taken this entire sequence out and nothing would have changed. I think the idea is that the the dead baby is what spurs Tara on to climb up the rock wall. But to be fair, is there any point to this whole movie? I think there could have been. I think there was a really great idea in taking this existential dread and fear of death and, like, forcing these characters into that. But I think the ending kind of ruins that. Actually, the ending, I think, it should have ended, like, ten minutes before it does. So them trying to explain everything away ruins any sort of horror. I just kept thinking during the movie, specifically in that scene where Kara's climbing up the rock wall and falls and dies, spoilers, if Ari Aster had directed this film, it would have been horrifying. It would have turned out so differently. I agree. I actually thought about that because we've been talking about Midsummer recently because we had a friend who recently watched it for the first time. And so there is a scene in Midsummer where there might be some falling to your death scenes is the best way to put it without spoiling anything. The plot of this movie, I I don't even know, because I, normally I'd, be, I'd say the plot and the writing of this movie is the worst part, but I don't even know if that's true, because the framing of this movie, it, it doesn't make any sense. There were moments where I had to look away because I was getting motion sick, because the camera wasn't focusing, and it wasn't even the part in the movie where one of the characters gets so old he starts losing his eyesight. This movie was shot on 35mm, and it almost makes me think that M. Night Shyamalan, who I know he does because he went to film school, he worked with 35mm, I think The Sixth Sense might be in 35mm. I don't think any of his other films are. The rest are all digital, so what was the point of that? Because you can make your movie confusing and in focus. So there were a lot of spin shots. So the whole group is standing in a circle and the camera is spinning. So you see the whole group. And I think that shot idea is a great idea. But it's like the frame rate was off. Like I had to look away because I was like, it's not focusing on anyone. I'm getting motion sick. Even some of the decisions that they would have made visually, I could have forgiven had there been better writing. I've watched really, really low budget movies that have good writing And that makes up for all of the rest of it. If you can weasel your way into a good story, I'll forgive just about anything. This movie reminds me a lot of a bad student film. Student films are are much the same way. 
if you write a movie well, you can forgive a lot to be like, okay, this is a new filmmaker. They're still trying to figure out their style, like what kind of, like how they like to frame up a shot, if they like really close-ups, if they like far away. This seemed so, like, they just didn't know what they wanted to do. If this were a brand new director and they would have said, oh, this is this person's first, like, full-length feature film, I would have understood and I think forgiven more, but knowing this man has been working for the past three decades and this was the garbage he turned out, I'm not giving it a pass. The dialogue is so fucking wacky. The dialogue is insane. I guess in case you don't know what this movie is, because I did get on Marco Polo and I like told my sisters, hey, I'm going to go see this movie. I'll let you know what I think. And most of them had not heard of it. So the premise behind this movie is there's a family of four, a dad, a mom, their two kids, and they go to this resort, essentially, that is like super fancy. Um, and while they're there, they are told by like the management the guy who owns it that there is a private beach that they only invite a couple people to go to every day and so they get an invite so they and a group of people go to this private beach driven down there by the employee who is played by M. Night Shyamalan while they get to the beach they realize that something weird is happening they like find a dead body and then the kids start aging like crazy and then they realize they're also aging and so the idea is they have to try to figure out a way off this beach because every half hour is a year of their lives through the course of the movie everyone dies except the two young kids who end up aging to like 50 but then they figure out because the one son made friends with somebody at the resort and he essentially gave him the way out. They're able to escape off of the beach. They get back to the resort. They have incriminating evidence to prove that all these missing people were there. And the place, you assume, gets shut down. That is the bare bones plot to this movie. I feel like when you say it like that, you're like, oh, that sounds like a really interesting episode of Black Mirror, The Twilight Zone. But it is bizarre. Oh, also, the spoiler is that the reason they're on the beach is because I guess people just found out the beach does this, and now pharmaceuticals are using it to test their drugs so they can sacrifice you, essentially, but they see how long, like, long-term effects of a drug has on someone because you find out everybody, uh, all the adults <laughs> that are there on the beach have some sort of chronic illness. This, it's bananas. Okay, so speaking of this part of the plot, this is another huge issue I had with the film because there's a line at the end when we're doing our big exposition dump about why all of this has happened, and one of the scientists is like, oh, we should really start separating the mentally ill people from the terminally or, you know, med whatever, people with brain tumors and shit. The difference between, like, having a mental illness and a physical yeah, illness. Yeah, thank you. This is the second film of M. Night Shyamalan's I've seen that is just pushing this agenda of stigmatizing mentally ill people. Because they do make a point to say, this man is schizophrenic. That's why he started murdering people on the beach. I'm like, you... But he didn't seem schizophrenic. He just seemed like he had dementia. So there is a character in the graphic novel that mirrors this character. He's got dementia. And I think that would have worked better, but still not great. Like, why, why does the mentally ill man have to be a dangerous murderer? Uh, why did you do that in yeah. Split, too? What are we doing? I feel like M. Night Shyamalan doesn't understand 
a lot of different groups. Um, he doesn't understand humans. No one behaved like a human being. So you know how we made a big point in the howling about how the lead character, she just wasn't reacting to anything? That's every no single in character in this. No the proper reaction to anything. Their kids age 10 years and they are only slightly confused by it. You think you would be having a mental breakdown. I understand maybe being in shock and being confused or in denial, but let's explore that more. Yeah, and it doesn't take the kids aging really fast to realize that it's time that the beach is affecting. And I'm like, that would be the first thing I would think of. Instead, they're like, no, they ate something. It's a virus. We just need to get them off the beach before it happens again. The mom, understandably, is in denial, but no one else is reacting to this other than one other couple who they're like the last people to get to the beach and they're asking the kids their ages. And they're like, oh, you're, you're just messing with us, right? You guys are a lot older. And they're like, no, we're little kids, we promise. They're like, oh, you're 11. He's like, no, I'm six. And they do this thing with the camera where they try not to show you like their in-between actors they have while the kids are growing up. But it's so obvious. I'm like, why don't you just show me the actor? Also, the fact that the kids aren't separate, they're together and they're aging and they don't notice. They have a throwaway line where the kids are looking at each other and they're like, you look different. Oh, how? You look different too. I'm like, that's not good enough. I need these kids to be freaked out. The fact that they try to explain it makes it make less sense. If they had just let it be... The scientists understand that it affects time, but they're not sure how. That would make a lot more sense. If the people on the beach were just like clearly ages being affected, and then to everything else, they're like, mm, I don't know why. They try to explain why the kids are the only ones who have to eat, but that doesn't make any sense. They try to explain that their hair and their nails don't grow because they're already dead, but that doesn't make sense because... If you're aging, your cells should be dying and reproducing, so your hair should be growing long. And if that wasn't the case, then, like, when when Trent goes from being 6 to 16, he shouldn't have any facial hair. Uh, they should just not have explained anything and let it have just been a weird anomaly. It's not subtle at all. It's being shoved down my throat violently. They're all standing in a circle and they're like, well, the rocks work this way and that's why we're not aging. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck. If I were on this beach, I would not give a single fuck. I'd be like, listen, guys, we need to get out of here. I don't care why it's happening. I care that it is happening and I don't want to die in the next 16 hours. Let's get the fuck out. The last couple that comes in, which I honestly think they were my favorite... They're the ones who are like, okay, let's get in a group and talk to each other and figure out, like, if we have anything in common. And they clearly all have chronic diseases in common and nobody realizes it. Well, and it's because all of the spouses, like, they keep trying to talk about it, but they're like, I don't want to talk about my personal feelings. I'm like, I, we could have solved a lot of things if you guys had done group therapy like the psychologist woman wanted. But then again, what would that have solved? What was the actual point of them having these chronic illnesses other than to, like, shove an explanation in at the very end? I think it's way scarier if it's just like, hey, I'm a scientist. I found this creepy, weird beach. I want to see what happens when I put people here for no reason, just at random. Yeah, it's very bizarre. 
the dialogue in this movie is probably some of the worst dialogue I've heard in a movie ever. I don't think that is anything new for M. Night Shyamalan. It works a lot better in other films. Like, this, The Visit, did the exact same thing, where it's just very bizarre and clunky, but we get enough humor in that that it just kind of becomes, like, we're in on the joke. This movie took itself so seriously in parts that some of this could have been really funny. The deliveries could have played into that feeling of, like, unease and kind of, you know, gotten a laugh every now and then. It's bad. I don't know what they could have done different other than not take this seriously at all. I'm not sure what tone they were going for, because once the pregnancy happens, there are a lot of what feels like on-purpose funny lines. Like, Trent, as a teenager, Kara goes into labor, and they're, like, trying to hold Trent back because he's like, I'm gonna marry her, and we'll never fight, ever! We're gonna be, like, the best couple, and it's really funny. I just don't know what tone they're going for. I think there is only three really good scenes in this movie. What are they? Because I can't think of any. So after everyone has died except your core four, the parents are sitting on the beach and they're talking to each other and they're clearly like about to die and they've had marital problems ham-fisted down your throat the whole movie. But they just end on this very peaceful note of where the dad turns to the mom. It's just like, are you angry at me? I can't remember. And she's like... I don't think so. And then he looks out the ocean and goes, it's beautiful here. And it was like 30 seconds, but I was like, if the whole movie had been this, it would have been so much better. Just really beautiful character moments. Okay, I agree. That was a really good scene. But that just is another example of what the fuck is the tone of this movie? I don't know. It's so strange. This is like a horror sci-fi. I think it falls flat. The only horror element that works in this movie, the kids are told to hide. Because crazy dementia doctor has, like, lost his mind and is just trying to kill their dad. And they go into the cave. There is a model character that, you know, her whole thing is going to be about, like, being pretty and, like, not aging. She's in this cave and she's aged. She has a hunchback and she's, like, mad at the kids because the kids keep trying to create light. And so she starts throwing things, but as she's coming at them to get them to stop lighting matches, she's, like, breaking her arms, and because time is accelerated, they're healing at weird angles. That was the only good horror element. As, like, the light goes on and off, you see, like, her become more and more twisted and mangled. And that really worked for her character. But that's the only scary part of the whole movie. This was one that I was trying not to laugh at. I guess I appreciate them bringing up the, like, calcium deficiency so that it makes sense that her bones are, like, peanut brittle. I don't know. It was fun and scary for me, and that was the only part that was. The, like, body contortion part is kind of scary. Had the scene not been hilarious leading up to it, like, the kids, she's like, please stop lighting those matches, I don't want you to see me, but they keep doing it, then she's just chucking rocks at him. Like, this is hilarious. I literally turned the Michael, and I was like, why don't they just stop lighting the matches? Right, that's all she asked. She's like, I don't want you to look at me. And they're like, no, we're gonna keep looking at you. Ooh, ugly, hunchback, shame, Right, they weren't even saying anything. They were just like, we just want to know where you are at all times. Yeah, and the only other scene that I liked in the movie, trying to put some positive in around all the negative, is the scene when the kids wake up on the beach and they're like in their 50s. I like that they've kind of just had a point where they're just like, is there anything we can do? Nah. 
let's build a sandcastle. I don't know why, but I just thought it was really sweet between them to just be like, let's enjoy the time while we have it. Once they find the note, I was like, I don't know why, but I would not assume from the note my uncle doesn't like the coral that, oh, we need to swim through the coral reef. I would not assume that. I don't understand the kid's name that they make friends with at the beginning. I think his name was like Idlib. I don't understand why he's a character at all. Because this could have happened when they found the notebook in the sand. It could have just had like a almost made it through coral and then they died too fast and they found the notebook and they're like, oh, okay, this person has all the notes about the birds and like rocks and shit. What was the point of this kid being introduced at the beginning? There is no point. The only point is that all the characters in this movie are not characters. They are plot contrivances. There's no character development. That's true. The only character development happens when the the parents get old and just lose their memory so they can't fight about her having an affair anymore because I can't remember. Well, and then once they die, what's the point of any of this? I think it would have been more poignant, honestly, if the, they would have stayed on the beach. And they're like, well, we've lost our parents. We've lost everyone. We can't really fight death. We might as well just make the most of our time here. Because, like, the siblings say that they're best friends. And they're like, okay, let's just, like, spend the last moments of our lives together and then end the movie. Why does there need to be a victory? I need it to... I, I want it to be darker, maybe. I want it to be funnier and darker. If there was any movie that M. Night Shyamalan was going to intentionally lean into the B aspect, there's so many fun horror beach movies. He could have easily done this. One of my dad's, I wouldn't say it's his favorite movie, but like he had me find it for him. It's, it's a movie called Blood Beach. It came out, I think, in the 80s or the 70s. And it's literally just there's like some sort of creature living in the sand. And so people just can't get to the ocean. So they get like sucked in through the sand. Kind of wish he would have just remade Blood Beach. <laughs> that could have been fun. I don't know what the point of this was. Also, the sandcastle thing. I think they only included it because it's a direct like correlation to the graphic novel where it's literally titled Sandcastle. I think that's the only reason that it happened. I was so happy they built a sandcastle because when they woke up as like adults, I was like, is something weird going to happen? Am I going to get some flowers in the air? Listen, it's only because you keep reading all these incest books. I've only read two. No. Wait. Oh, yeah, yeah. And to be fair, the, the other one I read, I had no idea that, I guess, spoiler warnings for the Arthurian legend, but there's a very prominent version of the Arthurian legend where Arthur sleeps with his half-sister, Morgana, and they have an incest baby who then grows up to kill Arthur. So, sorry, that was a random tangent. No, you're fine. I actually want to circle back to the horror element, because there really is only that one scene with, like, the body horror. I guess the schizophrenic man murdering people could be part of it. I have a question about that, though. The musician guy that's on the beach, mid-sized sedan, how does he stab him to death? Because we've done, like, surgery. We've removed a tumor from a woman, and the, the wound closes so quickly. How didn't that guy's wounds just immediately close? Why did he die? Because of his blood clotting condition. Because he has a condition where his blood doesn't clot. Which is why his nosebleed keeps going. Oh. Okay, that's like a blink if you miss it. The way that 
all the characters die. It's just, it feels so contrived. You don't really get to know anybody. They try to ham-fist character moments in. There is a moment when the character mid-sized Sedan walks down the beach with the daughter, who I can't remember, Maddox, I think is her name. For no reason. They just walk down the beach and talk, and then they walk back. And I was like, why did you randomly... Like, if the mom had been, like, get her out of here, and then he, like, took her to the side, that would have made what more the sense. Point? But instead, they just, like, randomly walked down the beach together. No, there's no character development except with the parents, and it's not good. Besides the, like, I'm just fat, that line, they do a surgery on the mom where she has a benign tumor, and I guess it grows too big. Um, So they have to, like, work together to get it out of her. Like, they have to hold her wound open so it doesn't close. And they pick this like beach ball sized tumor out of her and then they just let go and it heals and she just wakes up right away and she looks at her husband and goes i feel better now i'm like wow really well there was that and there was the oh we're all aging rapidly glance at my husband you have wrinkles like (laughs) this is all so bizarre followed by man i i bet these guys wish they were black now and i was like what are we doing (laughs) actually i thought that line was pretty funny because you know black people don't age like white people we age like milk but it just felt so contrived like haha i know that black people say this all the time this is gonna be the one thing i give him to say besides oh damn it's like that that scene in um not another teen movie where the character's like i'm just the the black guy side character to show up and say things like oh damn or that's whack like that's that's all this character was here for i don't I think the reveal necessarily of a pharmaceutical company being behind it is bad, but it's also one of those things that the more you think about it, the more it doesn't make sense. It was such a rushed explanation. There was no point. So this resort must be fairly well known if they just let wealthy people into it, is what it seems. Wouldn't you think if, let's say, they're on trial like 70, if like 140 people have gone missing and the last reported place they were was at this resort, don't you think somebody might investigate the resort instead of just being like, ah, this 50-year-old gave me a book that's got some random missing people's names with their addresses in it. Must be the place. Yeah, this part didn't make sense either because the way they explained away how the scientists weren't being caught was that they had had them keep all their, like, passports and stuff in the room in the safe so they can go collect them. These people have, like, family members and stuff. They can report them missing. You can't just give away someone's identity. It would have made much more sense if a government were behind it, because then a government could cover that up. Like, if it was secretly run by the USA, it would make more sense. But just being a random company, like, I can't just hide, like, 140 wealthy missing people. No, I think if we would have ended the movie right when the siblings got back and, like, gave all the stuff to the cop and the the little boy who they've made friends with is like, oh, yeah, that is the friends I made. They're just old now. It could have ended right then. I thought it was going to end right then, and it kept going. I think we are both wrong. About what? I was wrong about my M. Night Shyamalan cameo from the trailers i thought they were just gonna end up at this beach i didn't realize they were gonna go to this resort so i said he was like a gas station clerk yeah i said he was a a travel agent we were both wrong there was absolutely no way we could have guessed that this was his role though because he was a big part 
in all of it. And it seemed like they were filming the trial, so wouldn't it have made more sense if they had gotten control of the film and leaked it somewhere? Oh yeah, there's a part where Trent does look, I don't remember if it's in this or if it's in the graphic novel. Is it in the movie where he looks up at the ledge and he's like, that's a camera, they're filming us. And that's what I said too, because in the beginning they looked up and you see a flash. I'm like, well, clearly there are people watching them. I was kind of hoping deep down that they were stuck at some weird like alien zoo. Okay, that could have been something. I thought maybe it was like a simulation and they're like testing how people like deal with death and aging it could have been anything else and I think it would have made more sense and normally I would say like oh if I had gone into the movie and not seen the trailer I would have liked it more but this movie is just it's not well made the way the actors are directed is so strange nothing about this movie works that's all I could say not to keep bringing up the graphic novel but I just read it literally yesterday I haven't read it, so I'd like to know more. It's very, very similar to the film, but there's this one section where there's a man from Algeria on the beach with them, and he's talking to all the, like, little kids who keep rapidly aging, but they're still little kids, and they're like, hey, mister, can you tell us a story before we go to sleep and then wake up and die? And he's like, yeah, sure. So he tells them this story about the half-man, who is literally just, he looks like a human man, but he's cut in half right down the middle, so he's only got half of a body, and he's basically deaf. So he goes to this king, and he's like, hey man, your time's up, you gotta come with me. And the king's like, okay, give me like seven years to get all my affairs in order. And then he ends up just locking himself in his kingdom, and he's like, don't let anyone else in, because he doesn't want death to ever come back, to hide from it. But in locking himself in, he, like, does not get to live a life. He's just been in solitude the entire time. And Death comes back, and he's like, how the hell do you get in? Death's like, I'm Death. I can do whatever I want. You have no control over me. Time to go, buddy. And I thought that really worked, and that could have done so much for this movie. One, in the horror element of seeing, like, a half-man sounds fucking terrifying. And just some sort of, like, existential dread forced into this story because they're really not reacting to their aging and like to the thought of dying. I really wish they would have included that. They hint at all the themes like they're gonna follow through on them and then they just don't. Like even in the beginning the mom when they're driving to the beach or they're driving to the hotel I can't remember it's just like you know you need to look outside and treasure the moment and all this and like she tells her daughter like I'm so excited to when you're older to listen to you sing. Clearly the movie was supposed to be about enjoying the time you have Don't let time pass you by. Like, don't be so afraid of aging that you don't live your life. But they don't accomplish any of those. Like, it makes me almost wonder if maybe, like, you could have had a couple character deaths. But maybe as a group, in all, they could have done the, like, there's nothing we can do to get out. And them just sitting and enjoying each other's presence. Or even just the core family. Because by the time they sit down and do that, their parents are pretty much already dead. So there's no moment, there's like one quick moment of them building a sandcastle that's like a minute. But there's no just like enjoying the time they do have. I think if they would have had, and it is a very condensed cast already, but honestly, I think we could have gotten rid of like three of these characters. And it would have given us a lot more time to spend, like just have me get to know this one family and maybe have a couple people there to show us how the beach works. 
I don't think we needed all of these people because that's when the pacing gets fucked up, is now I have to deal with five other storylines of what's going on with these people, and it's completely unnecessary. I completely agree. I think as much as I did like the couple that came in later, I don't think we needed them because they didn't add anything to the plot anyway. And the poor man, I don't know the actor's name, I think it's Ken something, They gave him the absolute worst dialogue of anyone. I don't know who this man pissed off on set, but it was just, it was hard to listen to anything he was saying because it was so clunky. I think there was only one actor who almost made the dialogue work. Was it the French lady? No, because I think her reactions were still too slight. Uh, the, The actor who plays the racist doctor... He's in a lot of stuff. His name is Rufus, uh, I don't know how to say his last name. Sewell? Sewell? Like, he's a good actor. He's in a lot of really good things. Um, he's a Shakespearean actor. It was one of those things that I was like, if even he can't make this dialogue work, what the fuck are you doing? He was trying so hard. Yeah, these are all actors that I have seen in other things and that I really like. Thomas and Mackenzie, I said- Well, after I saw Jojo Rabbit, I was like, that girl is one of the best child actors I have ever seen. She was awful. They were all awful. And I don't think it's any of their faults. No. No. I can't think of anything else good to say about this movie. Oh, there is one more thing. I didn't think this movie was super high budget, but I didn't think it was like anywhere like low, low budget. They made this movie for $18 million, and... I don't know why, but that baffles me because M. Night Shyamalan usually makes better movies when he doesn't have a budget. I think the problem with M. Night Shyamalan is that the more creative freedom he is given, the more he is unable to find the nuggets in his work that need to shine through. He's not fighting for anything. It's not like, okay, I can only do X amount of things, so I really have to fight for the very, very most important things. He's like, I can just put in whatever comes into my brain in the movie. Who cares? No restraints. That's a really good point. I didn't even think of that. It's Yeah, seems like they gave him so much freedom that he's like, ooh, I can do fun, like, visual stuff, but then that just gets all fucked up, too. It. Should we just stop letting him make movies? Have we given him enough chances? I think this is the first thing recently that he has done that I that I really didn't like. Split is very problematic in the way that I it like does Split, portray though. mental illness, but it's a well-crafted movie, and anyone who doesn't like it, I think their point is completely valid. Um, I do like it, but they're completely valid to assume it's, you know, it is problematic in that element, but I do really like the movie. And although Glass, I don't think, was as strong, I still really enjoyed it. And I enjoyed the visit because he's a really good concept man. Because he views himself as a writer, not that he isn't, he should be finding someone to work with that can can hone some of his things that he's weaker on. Like, he's not as good at dialogue, so he should find someone who he can work with that can really help him with that. Is that an issue? Maybe English just isn't his first language? I... I don't know, but there should be someone supervising this. M.I. Shyamalan has made some really good movies. I think The Sixth Sense is probably one of my favorite horror movies. It's just, it's it's so well crafted to the point of even knowing the twist does not take away from it in the least. It just makes me think that maybe instead of 
like helming these movies as directors he should be more behind the scenes as a producer because the stuff that he's produced has been pretty good i think he's got great concepts and i think if this was just a story by m night Shyamalan and then pass off the screenwriting and directing to someone else i think it could have been really interesting oh man what a movie (laughs) yeah i think that's all i've got left to say about old think that's all I've got left to. Yeah, so for me, if you're planning to go see it alone, don't. It's a nay. Please don't. But if you're someone who likes to go laugh at movies that are intentionally worse than what they're meant to be, and you like to go with friends and joke around with them, I would, yeah, I wouldn't recommend going to a regular show. Like, I'd go to a matinee. It's a, it's a weird time. guess I got kind of what I asked for, so I guess I can't really be mad yeah you did say if it was bad you'd want it to at least be very bizarre and that is what happens yep i'm gonna give it a overall a nay but a yay with lots of caveats i think it's a yay for me just because i want people to witness this as one a lesson in what not to do and just if you want to watch something very very bizarre in every single element watch this movie i think my true recommendation is to watch this when it comes out on blu-ray with a group of friends while you're drinking because there's nothing about this movie that i think you need to go to the theater to see all right horror fans thank you for listening to this week's episode of horror struck If you want to hear more from us, you can head on over to Twitter and Instagram where we are at HorrorStruckPod, or you can check us out on Facebook at HorrorStruckPodcast. If you have any movie recommendations, you can go ahead and tweet those at us and give it your very own HorrorStruck rating. Until next time, horror fans, remember, stay spooky. Bye! Bye!